Let me tell you something. Do you like monster movies? Anybody? I love monster movies. I simply adore monster movies, and the cheaper they are, the better they are. And cheapness, in the case of a monster movie, has nothing to do with the budget of the film, although it helps. I'll tell you a good one that I saw one time. I think the name of the film was It Conquered the World. And the, do you ever see that one? The monster looks sort of like an inverted ice cream cone with teeth around the bottom. It's like a, like a teepee or a, sort of a rounded off pup tent affair. And uh, it's got fangs on the base of it. I don't know why, but it's a very threatening sight. This is one scene where the uh, monster is coming out of a cave, see? There's always a scene where they come out of the cave at least once. And the rest of the cast, uh, it must have been made around the 1950s, the lapels are about like that wide, the ties are about that wide, and they're about this short. And they always have a little revolver that they're gonna shoot the monster with. And there's always a girl who falls down and twists her ankle. <laughs> of course there is. You know how they are. The weaker sex and everything, twisting their ankle on behalf of the little ice cream cone. Well, in this particular scene, when the monster came out of the cave, just over on the left-hand side of the screen, you can see about this much two-by-four attached to the bottom of the thing as the guy is pushing it out. And then, obviously, off-camera, somebody's going, No, get it back. And they drag it back just a little bit as the guy's going, <laughs> Now, that's cheapness. All right? And this is cheapness here. Yes, sir. By means of an extended introduction, this is You Should Check It Out. This is episode 71, and my name is Jay. And I am Nick. And I'm Greg. And we are here, folks. We are here to discuss the magic and the majesty of... Wait, I'm getting deja vu. Have we done this once already? This is round uh, four, sort I think. Of. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to discuss the majesty, the majesty, rather, and the, uh, the mighty Frank Zappa... Oh, Why? Why? Because there was just an incredible documentary that just came out by Mr. Alex Winter this past week. And, uh, you know, we can't pass up a good opportunity. No. We always, <laughs> Not how we roll. We always, we, we always like to take the deep dive when it comes to uh, Frank. You know it. You He's know earned it. it. He's earned it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and what a flick, huh? Yeah. Seriously. Man. Yeah. I've been waiting a long time for this to come out. Yeah. It's been many yeah. years. Yeah, as uh, I mentioned, I think on the last episode, I, I kick-started, it, w- it was two or three years ago, uh, Alex Winter of Bill & Ted's fame mm-hmm. started a Kickstarter, and uh, it, it was under the auspice of, we need to save the Frank Zappa vault. The vault. Right. And uh, for those those of you who don't know, you know, Frank was, uh, it was many things, but he was also a homebody, and he... You know, for the vast majority of Frank Zappa's recording career and and musical career, stayed and worked from his Los Angeles home, mm-hmm. and in the basement of that had this massive vault. I mean, the the guy was just uh, an archivist dream. Yes, <laughs> he really did. He, sa- he saved everything. He taped everything, and he saved everything. And, and labeled um, it and accordingly. Me- yeah, and meticulously organized. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was definitely very cool to see that in the film's opening. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You really get to see the scale <laughs> of of what Yeah, what I felt was going I felt like there. that was like a character in the movie, honestly. The yeah. Yeah. the the whole archive like yeah. kept yeah. like bringing it back in and, and weaving through it and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I imagine I as much time as he spent there the past couple years, like it's an yeah. important feature to highlight. <laughs> No well, doubt. yeah, and yeah, exactly. This whole Kickstarter thing was not really to make this documentary, although that was kind of like, we hope that if we get enough stuff and we get enough money, then we can make this documentary. But really, the Kickstarter was just to save all of the uh, the tapes and, and everything that was in the archive, uh, which was going up for auction because the, the entire estate was being auctioned off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's rough. So... Well, that yeah, the internet, the internet hive mind jumped in and uh, raised 1.2 million dollars on this Kickstarter. Man, and uh, they they set to work, and they had a team. Uh, him, Alex Winter, and and had this small team of of musicians and archivists and you know, digital nerds who just poured through every ounce of this stuff. Uh, little updates kind of trickled out, from, you know, piece by piece over the years. And then over the past year, we finally started to hear word that this documentary was gonna was gonna take shape and and finally be released. And hallelujah! It, uh, it's two it's weeks here, ago. it's yeah. here. Yeah, and I, I must say also without without a spoiler alert, <laughs> the film also ends with the vault. Mm-hmm. It does, you know? and and uh, and it's sort of like it's kind of like you get to dive into the vault, really. Yeah. yeah. And it's like not only did you save the vault, but we're going to give you this really exclusive look at you know the pieces inside and yeah um, tell the story. And, and it, made up, it made up the film, really. I mean, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. indeed. Yeah, yeah. I think again for Zappa heads, you know, we're all Zappa heads who have listened to a lot of his stuff, and you know, Zappa kind of engenders the kind of support that people who like him and really like him like all all different facets of his work and he did so much people like diving into this stuff so it was really fresh at least from my perspective to like to see stuff zappa stuff that you hadn't seen before mm-hmm. yeah y- you know exactly like, we've been spending the last 20 years on youtube like just <laughs> you yeah. know seeing every interview he's done every concert he's done right i, I have most of the dvds that he he's officially released all the bootlegs, everything like that, but to to really see some quality, fresh news Zappa content was just so cool. Yeah, and and just delivered, you know, expertly. You know, it's yeah. it's really yeah. it's really well like edited and mixed and everything. And I I had to make sure that my whole like projection rig here was <laughs> yeah. We wanted we wanted to talk about this last week, but I said, guys, I, I'm not at home. I don't want to watch this on my iPad in the plane. Like, yeah, I, right. you know, like I need to like be home. An immersive experience. Yeah, with like my favorite drink and like uh-huh. yeah, yeah like, this, this this isn't gonna come out. There's not, there's not gonna be a sequel. You know, like <laughs> right. this is it. You know, and it's not just like on Netflix. Like I'm I'm paying for like a 48 hour window subscription to That's this right. thing. And like yep. I, I like I cannot be like trying to fix something. You know, be like why is it like <laughs> the left channel coming out? Yeah. You know? <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, no, it was really a great um, a great experience. You know, just it's a great film. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. obviously we all have, you know, a stake if you will in uh, the subject because we've been so immersed in, in, in his world and 
you know, he's controversial. So, you know, we're in the definitely in the camp of people who believe in that he had something really right. terrific and unique to say. Right. right. And I think, that, I think that this has come along now and become such an amazing primer for someone who doesn't really know or understand what he is, who he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah, think so? Really cover, I think so. Because I, I, I think that if you are a Zappa fan, it's f-ing great. Excuse me. Right. It's great. <laughs> And if you're not, it doesn't mean you you won't you can't take something away from it, you know. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. What do you think, Nick? Do you think it's uh, appealing to the non-Zappa fan? Do you think it's going to pull in any Zappa fans who weren't? I was really hoping I could get I could get my wife to stick this one out with me. <laughs> <laughs> she was asleep before I hit play. <laughs> uh, <laughs> She's well, like, what are we now? That's not really a fair shot. No, 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 no. I woke her up. Um, and <laughs> it was long. It was long for the uninitiated. True. Yeah. I feel like if, it, if the point of it was that, it would have needed to probably be cut down a, ha- a good bit. I have a lot of thoughts about a lot of different parts of it. Um, but... I did yeah, think but it I was. Mean, it's, he, Alex Winter is is he has to walk such a fine tightrope. Oh my you goodness! You got to appease the Zappa fans. Not just you that. Got you got Ahmed as years. a producer. You've got, you got the family Ahmed, trust. You got to deal with. You've got right. Yeah. Right, no, there's right. a lot. Of, got, there's a lot years of uh, years of new content sitting out there that you want to share. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine what where you don't begin. you tell. What don't you tell? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Where you mm-hmm. begin the triage process of like. Well, this is an incredible live recording from 1975, but we had to cut that because of this incredible live recording of him with, you know, X yeah. celebrity. You know, like, it's just. I'm sure they cut a imagine. solid hour out of what they probably had as their initial draft because they have oh, this sure. whole, like, middle bookmark, which is like, meanwhile. I'm <laughs> 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 right. just like, huh, okay. Like a part two. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. So, but as, as huge Zappa fans, did you got. How, how much new did you get out of this? Because I got a lot. I got a lot new out of it as well. Yeah. I, I think seeing yeah. him in the time, like always listening back to him like railing on Reagan and stuff, mm-hmm. it, it just seemed like, oh, wow, he was kind of like sticking it to the man back then. But to see how much crap he took at the time was really oh, interesting. Yeah. Like the yeah. amount of, yeah. Um, hmm. And that was, uh, yeah, I, I hadn't really imagined actually being there. Like what it must have been like to be constantly, yeah. you know, putting an entire section of the country on on high alert um, that Zap is going to sure. take sure. it a task. That was interesting. It was pretty interesting. Yeah, and honestly, the stuff that I found new wasn't from like the periods that I necessarily gravitate towards. You know, mm-hmm. I like the middle seventies. Yeah. Stuff. You know, that to me the prime Zappa stuff. But like, there really wasn't too much in the documentary about that period of his life yeah, that's um, true. which was interesting in, in its own right which I'm sure was a pretty big editorial decision but to me like the, the stuff the really early stuff yeah. to me filled in a lot of gaps that I wasn't aware of and seeing all those old pictures and the old videos of him like before mothers like mm-hmm. before he got that was incredible to me really. yeah it was interesting because since I since I couldn't take the deep dive, you know, a week ago, <laughs> or whatever, you know, I 
in order to kind of scratch the itch, I did uh, start listening to the soundtrack for oh, the, yeah. which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, right. right? That, I listened to that last yeah, week yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's been that's been really fun. So, and, and you know, without seeing the flick, I'm just going through. I'm like, okay, so I'm imagining now, like they must be talking about this early, you know. And sure enough, that's exactly how it mm-hmm. turned out. So yeah, if you want to just let's say you don't want to watch the film but go listen to the to the soundtrack of it definitely and then and, and then you might want to actually you know it'll give a good arc but, uh, yeah yeah and I getting, totally agree and, and those recordings at the whiskey a go-go i mean that's one you know I've, I've i've been lucky enough to to play at the whiskey which is not at all like what it used to be but yeah. it's still there you know what <laughs> i mean mm-hmm. and um it, like it is some of the it, drool it, from the groupies is it, it's all been wiped away <laughs> at this point yeah. unfortunately like i would say it's not that I don't know. It's it, it's it, it's more of um. You're not gonna offend it in you. It's okay. Uh, nah, it's true. <laughs> I would just say though that like it's definitely more of a pay to play situation. At least it was. You know, pretty good. It. So it's, it's just because it. it's like it just it has the name, it has yep. the lore. But anyway, it's yep. not a bit. Yeah. So, but it is a historic spot, and um, I do like hanging out there on the strip. Well, speaking of uh, soundtracks and early stuff, does anybody have any uh, an early-ish Zappa cut that we can play? Uh, yeah, let's play. Um, let's play "Absolutely Free," which is was the name of his second album, but this track is actually off of "We're Only in Front of the Money," which is the third album. Let's play that one. Okay. <laughs> Clear as mud. Unnecessary. Woo! Yep. Distinction. Yeah. There we go. Balling for you anymore. The first word in this song is discorporate. It means to leave your body. Discorporate and come with me. Shifting, drifting, cloudless, starless, velvet valleys and the sapphire sea. Wah wah. Unbind your mind. There is no time to make your stamps and paste them in this corporate and we will begin. Wah wah! Flower power sucks. Diamonds on velvet, on diamonds on velvet, on Ahmed, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen, on up and away and afar Escape from the way of your corporate logo. Unbind your mind. There is no time. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. No, I love that stuff, man. It's so cool. It, like, for me, and this might be a controversial opinion. I don't know. You know, those first couple albums, I like them for the gravity that they, you know, hold in the history of recorded music it's not there they aren't albums that i go to a lot to listen to oh man right i, I, I know I, nick i know well, nick i know that no you no love I, feel I, know. That, but, I feel that way but, about freak but, out but, but oh you do okay yeah i'm not I, I i've never really been able to get into freak out but we're only into for the money to me it's like that's like his worldview that set forth the entire career that that guy had it is it is definitely i don't disagree with you there it's just not the sound that i like it's not the the zappa sound that i like but mm. 
what the reason that I like this documentary for what it is, it showed so much of that early footage mm-hmm. of that early band. And you just see how good they are and how tight they really are. Yeah. And uh-huh. how well they operated as an ensemble and how weird that was at the time. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, what did you think about um the interviews with Bruce Fowler? Bruce Fowler. Trump, uh, yeah, the trombone. Do you know what I'm talking about? The guy that... Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, they all had, like, really, really interesting stuff to share. Mm-hmm. I don't know. T- 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 I don't want to get into it too much, but I, Ruth, We're in it. Was, Ruth was the star. Oh, my God. Oh, to me, yeah. Ruth Underwood was yeah, the star. Oh, yeah, I, that's my notice. God, I love Ruth. But did you hear something from Bruce Fowler that, that, that you wanted to share? I mean, well, Greg, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to go along with you that uh, my, my uh, quote about Ruth was, Ruth Underwood has a lot to say. <laughs> yeah, she, <laughs> she, she, it's all so good. It's, you know, it was really, really great to hear. Such a Frank evangelist, man. She was just, she just nah. bought it right out of the gate. First time she saw him, she's like, oh, this is what I need to do with my life. Yeah. Which yeah. is and like she was, she was a yeah. She was a Juilliard student, you know, who then like, was try, trying to play that stuff in the practice rooms and then they came down on her heart and said like you can't be playing that here but you know I, she was like she, I love she was that part man I had never heard yeah. that story before you talk about stuff that you you just didn't know right Ruth Underwood just tells this beautiful story well beautiful and poignant story about she went to a zap to a Mothers of Invention concert in New York and came and, and heard this song Oh No mm-hmm. and came came back to the practice room and was just trying to work out the melody and play it and one of the Juilliard, like uh, I don't know, musical security guards, whoever it was, yeah. one of the administrators, who like was like, aware of what couldn't like, couldn't be played somehow, <laughs> <laughs> walks in and is like, "Is that part of the canon? Are you guys are you yeah. supposed to be playing that?" And and Ruth's like, "I I just like this melody. It's really neat." <laughs> and they kicked her out of the practice yep. room. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yes, they did. So let's well, let's play that. Do you guys mind? Play yeah, a little do bit it. Of do it. Then I'll share my Bruce Fowler thoughts. Excellent. Mm-hmm. 
So good. And that's, now, see, that was another one of those songs that like I, I had heard before, but just wasn't super familiar with. It, that's off of uh, I think Weasels Rip, Rip My, My Flesh. Flesh. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which is an album that I've, I've never owned, but you know, just heard a couple times and it's that's documentaries like this are really good at like highlighting holes in your knowledge like Mm -hmm. that, you know, like and and pinpointing why you should care about a particular song. Especially somebody with such a, such a prolific discography. Yeah. And that one, that that was like his, uh, love is all you need (laughs) response song or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, what's funny though. (laughs) What Um, the hell are you thinking? You (laughs) idiot. But uh, it's, yeah, you think that's gonna work exactly but i was curious going into this if it, how they would how it would depict the musicians that were part of the the band because i'd always known that as a as a drummer but not like somebody that's made it my my life like greg's done with guitar that the amount of work ethic that required to go yeah. and, and play with this guy um yeah so so the one thing out of the gate that I was like, oh man, was that was when they were like, you know, he never acknowledged if you did a good job. Because the yeah. first thing I thought was like, oh man, absent like a nod. Oh man, it's gotta you gotta give something. Frank, you wouldn't have been able to cut it. Oh geez, oh Pete, I'm as, as emotionally needy as I am. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, yeah, that, I hear you, man. And, and I hear you. Bruce Fowler, like out of the gate, as soon as he started talking, it was just like, oh man, this guy's still hurting. Like he was still hurt about about the mothers just complete disbanding out of nowhere and I know what you're talking about uh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and and, and, he, and he was uh, very respectful about it and it, but I'm kind of glad they included some of that because I was I was curious I was curious if they would how much they would kind of bring out the ones who maybe didn't cut it or the ones who got tossed to the side whenever he decided to move on with the next project um, yeah but I feel I like they... I, I feel like it redeemed itself as far as as far as why he is that way um, like down the road. Yeah, I think they were film. definitely trying to tell that story. Mm-hmm. I think they were definitely trying to tell the story. Well, this was a guy who was pretty, who could appear pretty cold, yep. even in his personal relationships with mm-hmm. musicians and family. Mm-hmm. But it was all worth it in the end, right? <laughs> y- yeah, and also I, it I was, think that's the story they were trying to tell. It was his. Least. I mean, his constant drive was: I hear it in my head, and I want to hear it just like I heard it in my head. Yeah, and that's what drove him constantly like that's it that was it he was always writing new music and he always wanted to hear it the way he heard it in his head the first time so absent that he just had no tolerance or time to put up with anything other than in that endeavor he was just so driven man yeah 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 it's an interesting case study on like what that type of mentality driven to the extreme Yeah. yeah can give you because you know all the good that Zappa did all the beautiful music and all the terrible music that he made just so I what's the word I not iconoclastic but like it's just so of Frank Zappa mm-hmm. you know and you either get it or you don't really so <laughs> I guess going there. back to our original like question like it are people that weren't Zappa fans are they going to commit two and a half hours to this probably not but I think somebody who is on the fence I think somebody, yeah, or somebody that Zappa. knows some, somebody that loves somebody who loves Frank Zappa. I think yeah, it's okay. good to watch this movie to be like to to put the time in to realize what's all there, like because it's yeah. not just silly words and it's not just you know, it's not just uh, belligerent you know silly humor stuff. It, it it the the deeper what's what's going on behind the scenes. I think was really cool to see. Yeah. Right. 
And there's definitely, um, you know, just going back to that Ruth story, how, you know, like the music itself mm-hmm. is what shook her, mm-hmm. yes, you know, to yeah. the point where she, you know, like that doesn't, ha- that's not going to happen to someone who's studying music, you know, studying music at Juilliard Yeah, for her to to go back to the practice room like the, the music like penetrated her yeah. psyche you know and she had to she like had to know what was going on hard yeah, yeah. Um, it, and I think she had a, there's she a lot had a of quote in there too there was like sometimes she felt like this music had been written for her for her yeah right yeah which when yeah, you then, you look at the music pre and post Ruth it's hard to it's hard to debate that you know she just slotted in yeah. so perfectly to those those melodies yeah. and those rhythms but going back to that last clip you played though the version that i knew is i had this version of lumpy gravy mm-hmm. on vinyl and at one point they play that mm-hmm. instrumentally oh, really? uh, they play it instrumentally and so i when, when the the version that you just played was played in the film that was the first time i'd actually ever consciously heard it with with the lyrics oh, wow. with the nice. lyrics nice yeah and i'm like Oh, they did a version with with lyrics. This is going to be crazy. I was already I already knew that the melody gets kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. I was like, how are they going to make it work? And it's like, you don't know the whatever. Yeah, yeah. that's um, hilarious. Well, yeah, that goes but, back to that whole project object thing. You know, it's a uh, his entire he viewed his entire life's work as one big composition. You know, and he would find moments in other albums or in live, you know, yeah moments to throw in melodies that he had used before. And mm-hmm. yeah. exactly. Yeah, I, I like that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, it was definitely um, tough to 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 see see some of the interviews, you know, mm. depending on who it was. Um, you can tell that they, you know, by being around someone like that, had to take the good with the bad. There was the um, the sax player whose name I can't recall, but he's like, you know, I when I noticed that he wasn't paying and giving anybody any hugs or any encouragement or any compliments. So what that told me is like maybe that's how he grew up, and mm-hmm. I, yeah. I can't, I can't, yeah. I can't get too close. Yeah, you know yeah. that, that, that yeah. was a thing, Absolutely. and that like, but it's kind of, you know, that, I, I think that that has its ups and downs. You know, yeah, For when no, you went definitely, in a definitely a flawed so. individual in, in his own in his own ways. Um, right. Yeah. But it's not even like a flaw. It's just a it's just a trait. He know? was human. The, the, he was human. Yeah. 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 You know? I thought that uh, Steve Vai, in particular, was pretty candid. I thought mm-hmm. his interviews, you know, were yeah. pretty pointed, and I thought he was being pretty honest about his assessment of Frank. Yeah. You know, of course, he loves Frank, but uh, was also pretty honest about the way he felt about the the routines and the way Frank treated his performers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I I, I got to say though, um, the interviews with Steve I were poignant, but. I couldn't stop staring at those librarian glasses. What's up with that? <laughs> I don't, I don't know the Technicolor librarian glasses? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I no, gotta give you some of those. There's a badass. No, but he... It's the only um, way I can see my frets. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, they, they yeah. have to... They match the guitars. They match the eyes. They do, guitars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he, it's cool, too, because, you know, I've been... Yeah, I like it. We're all, you know, music nerds. I, I tend to maybe lean a little bit more into the guitar nerdiness. Uh, and just been seeing photos of Vi's studio as well. So it's like, oh, of course. But they got some really nice shots of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it looks, yeah. It looks, oh, yeah. It's really cool. The wall of um, guitars. Yeah, you know. And, and but no, going back, to, and, and all jokes aside, uh, you know, his interviews were very, very good. Anyway, it's uh, it, it was glad to see that he could participate. And, you know, he's got, he has a hand and a lot of 
modern stuff that's happening now. Yeah, um, stay in, gu- in guitar, um, you know, specifically, among other things. But um, once well, speaking of, of Vi a little bit, and to go back to Ruth, I thought I'd, I'd, you guys could. I don't think I'm going to encounter any opposition with this, but one of the most poignant moments to me was when Ruth played that version of the Black Page on yeah. piano. Yeah, that was lovely. I mean, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, we talked, we touched on this on our Zappa. All but weeping, she played it. <laughs> episode back there, seriously. Uh, you know, the Black Page, I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Greg, is the, the song that Vi transcribed basically to show Zappa what he was able to do. I think so. I don't. I, I couldn't tell you that story uh, per se. It was. It was Steve Vai's audition. He um. He basically. Oh, he was, was sixteen, and he sent a cassette of him playing an entire album yeah. of Zappa's and the handwritten transcript of transcribing of the Black Page specifically. Right. Um, right. Which is just and Zappa insanely. Was like, Come on out. <laughs> <laughs> just an insanely complex rhythmic piece yes and uh you know and then ruth god bless her heart i mean i've i've always marveled i mean from the first time i heard her that this is somebody who can just pick up rhythms on a different level Mm -hmm. than i'll ever be able to yeah that most humans are able to to comprehend yeah frankly and to, to memorize melodies like this so anyway she sits down in her i guess it was her home studio and and plays this piece the black page on piano with you know with the drum live drum accompaniment and mm-hmm. it was just beautiful i mean yeah. i've never really heard it like that before so let's throw mm-hmm. that on Yes, that's right. Destined to become an etude in your mythology. Oof. The Black mm. Bee. <laughs> Teach that one to your kids. Yeah, no kidding. What did you guys, what did you think about, um, I thought Alice Cooper actually had a really interesting standout quote. Oh, yeah. When he said that that's right. he always thought that, that Frank was too, um, would sabotage his ability to, like, make a hit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I was like, whoa, pause, write that down, because that's. 
never heard it put that yeah. way. But like then I started thinking, yeah, because he always was against like any kind of groupthink, anything, any kind of groupthink. Was like he immediately just pushed against it um, to the point that Absolutely. if anybody agreed with him, he would start to like push back on, <laughs> start whether, start questioning himself. Oh yeah, my gosh, yeah. what's no, absolutely. That I thought that was a really poignant quote too. You know, for those not in the know, Alice Cooper, you know, came out to L.A. and <clears throat> Zappa essentially signed him to his fledgling record label mm-hmm. and you know attempted to produce his first his first album. Yeah, and, uh, and Alice Cooper had some really cool things to say. But yeah, again, that quote that that you said that he tried to he seemed to deliberately sabotage himself to avoid having a hit. And he, Cooper felt, and I feel the same way that, you know, if Frank wanted to write hits, he could. And when you uh-huh. look at his catalog in that context, it makes a lot of sense. Oh, totally. You know, a, lot of the, you know, a lot of the songs out there, if you just take out that weird bridge or that part where he's, you know, the the intro where he's talking about titties for five minutes like yeah or the 15 turn- unnecessary sound effects that just make you right. like feel disoriented in an otherwise gorgeous song yeah right, right. yeah yeah right. mm. i thought that was awesome yeah it, it, well interesting yeah it was interesting yeah and, and that that kind of in the way that that to me the way that tied into his his vociferous hatred of anything labels <laughs> any music mm-hmm. labels and because by the time we were by the time we were kids, like he had already had a generation that of, of freaks that loved him, and sure. so he was kind of in this latter stage of like of begrudgingly accepting that people did actually like his music for his music, <laughs> right. and was fine with it. And you know now he's going to talk about politics or whatever. But right. but to see him in that time and, and how much of a contrarian he was against everything, yep. anything, yep. was really fascinating. Really fascinating. Would have been a tough Absolutely. person to have, like in your life. I think. Oh my goodness! Yeah, well, that, that, that's that's kind of what I was hinting at earlier when you're when you're like everyone who's like being interviewed. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like any of them are like. Let me tell you about this great time I had <laughs> being around Frank Zappa for all these years. You like, want a fun just kind Frank of like, story? Boy, it's like, I've it's got like, you. It's like they're all they they all went to war or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, which actually kind of like I, there were some things that I didn't quite. I, I never uh, knew about where um, his dad worked at that gas poison mm-hmm. uh, yeah. plant. Yep, outside of Maryland. Yeah. It must have been yep, in like Glen Burnie or something. Yeah. And, uh, well, is that yeah, what it is? Edgewood. Edgewood, which Edgewood. is uh, northeast okay. oh, north. of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Oh, never mind. Okay. Yeah, it's a little further further northeast there. But, yeah, it's it's definitely in our neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, but, and he, uh, like, he, he hinted at that in the real Frank Zappa book. He kind yeah. of talks about it in like a jokey way. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you, but then when, when they said, and when they, when they put in the movie, like the, you're the symptoms of nerve gas, you know, and, and how they're, they're yeah. juxtaposing this list of symptoms with like an interview of Frank being like, I was like, I right. felt ill all the time. I was had headaches or whatever it was. Right. 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 <laughs> um, I'm like, what maybe, and then they, they, they actually throw back to it later. They, yeah. in, in in the film they they're like oh yeah remember this you know the gas <laughs> they, masks, like the yeah. gas masks you know yeah that was uh i was like maybe maybe there is something to that i think also you know, a little bit the way, of the way pride in your was. father i think also like just having some pride or like i think it also was probably tough to hear some of the anti-war stuff um when 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 you're, you know I, maybe i don't know he, yeah. he never spoke ill yeah. of his father that's true so yeah. 
so I, I'd imagine that probably gave him some or allowed allowed himself to create some distance with the hippies out in uh, out in California. Yeah. Mm. The other thing that was crazy to me, and and I again I knew this story, but to see it juxtaposed with the images from around that time was how you know how he got set up for that whole porn bust. You know, yeah. the, the, the bust of his studio in in what is Cucamonga, California. Yeah. So yeah. To, he he set up a. You know, he, he moved uh, from wherever he was living with his family to this small town, Cucamonga, and he, he bought this studio. Yeah. I don't know what it was before, but, you know, in this very small town. Or he took over and, their liabilities, that's the way he put it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they said. Mm. <laughs> you know, and he's, what, like 20 uh-huh. at this at this point, 21. And, you know, he's basically just saying, I'll do anything. I'll record your dumb band for just give me some money. I'll yeah. do whatever, you know. 35 doing bucks. his little his side projects, you know, on his own. But the locals in that area didn't like the long-haired hippies even though he wasn't a long-haired hippie, but just like anybody doing anything weird in their little community, they didn't mm-hmm. like. So they set they basically arranged this plot where they had this guy come in and say that he wanted, hey man, I'm trying to produce this stag film. Will you mm-hmm. produce it? And Frank's like, well, no, I can't do that. But uh, tell you what, I'll make a soundtrack for a, for a stag film. <laughs> and basically <laughs> they just like stayed up one night and made a whole bunch of like raunchy sex sounds into the microphones. Mm-hmm. And then while they were doing that, these people had alerted the local police to go raid them mm-hmm. because they were shooting Producing a pornographic photog- film. pornography in. And that, I mean, you got to imagine, like, if you're 20 years old, you finally, like, you think you've made it. You've bought a studio and you got set up by this these locals, these local, you know, old school yeah. conservatives, like, who are trying to run you out of their town. I mean, that's got to affect you for the rest of your life. That'll set you on a, well, that'll set you on a path of, 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 yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Distrust no for the man. Mm-hmm. That and, and six months in jail and having to... That's right. Yeah, ten, oh, 10 days, 10 days. <laughs> it was supposed to be six months. The commuted to, to six months. Yeah. 10 days. Right. Yep. <laughs> Just unreal, man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was cool. And all of the home videos that they even put at the bottom, you know, edited by Frank Zapp. <laughs> because yeah, yeah, it would be yeah. a home video of the, the family and then all of a sudden like a spaceship. <laughs> and then right. it cuts back to the family. It's like a monster movie yep. cut with their right. vintage, you know, their wedding, their wedding video. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it was wonderful. Yeah, man. Um, was there anything that you guys thought was like glaringly absent? We talked a little bit about you know the editing process, how how hard that must have been. But was there anything? I I said I thought there was a bunch of missing from the seventies. Yeah. Well, I would have liked to see a little bit more of that lineup. Yeah. You know, killing yeah. it. But I did get to see you know the the different like performances that you got to see, like the Kronos Quartet. Performance oh, yeah. cool. really kind of made up for it in a way. Yeah, yeah. It's like I can, you know, I can go back and but like he- hearing, yeah, like a special performance of you know a piece that was written for them by Frank. You know, that yeah. that I thought was really special, and also the uh, footage of him with the modern ensemble, with the ensemble modern, modern, modern ensemble modern, yeah, yeah. ensemble moderna, moderna, <laughs> moderna. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like with the vaccine. No, I'm right. Um, sorry. Uh, Got it. Yeah. But, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. But he's like, you know, he's like, I'm gonna move the pitch around the room. You know, seeing that kind of stuff. A little I bit of the was, rehearsal footage. Yeah. 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 The rehearsal footage to me is is like priceless. Yeah. Of course. Um, to yeah. all of us, of course. You know. But um, 
And there was some really cool footage of him in Paris at one point. It's like black and white. It's like with the it's with the mothers. I want to say. Uh, oh, it's like the real close up of him. It's all in black and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just some stuff like that that I had never seen. And he was making some really intense like. I don't know faces, <laughs> and I was like, I've never seen this footage before. I don't think you know. So, yeah, it was very cool. Yeah, all sorts um, of stuff like that. So, what about you, Nick? And any glaring omissions? For me, no. I, honestly, they had Will in for the money, and then it, and then it. I mean, they had some Mike Willis and some of the later seventies. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I was reading what others had thought about it. It, it, it did appear that for some, the early seventies. Were lacking in representation yeah, especially the bit. grand wazoo lineup and which honestly i'm not mm. i'm not that's that's like a gap for me so it wasn't one that yeah. i noticed same but um same. but i tell you no, what is what wasn't lacking from that uh, time frame was footage of him playing with john lennon and yoko ono mm-hmm. in 1972 yeah. <laughs> that was pretty wild <laughs> which was friggin' awesome i i had heard about this of course and i think they have a clip on it uh, from the live at the Fillmore east Mm-hmm. album of the mothers which i'm not super familiar with but i'd heard parts of this before but to see the to actually see Lennon and and yoko ono and zappa on stage and this killer lineup of the mothers um just slaying it it was really that cool was jam. A, that was another moment where it, it kind of fell into pe- place for me realizing mm. where john lennon was in his life then like yeah past all this crap this like you know and and kind of uh he got it he kind of got Zappos, e- Zappos ethos or, or his yeah. kind of worldview like the yeah. alignment there was I, that was something I had never put together I always just thought it was like a token Lennon swings in and plays with Zappa because you know whatever that's what you do right um, right but yeah they, Lennon was going into his own area of trouble but definitely was exploring mm-hmm. the avant-garde and seeing what what else was out there yeah yeah totally. you know, around that time so uh hey why don't we play a little bit of that do it do it this is scumbag John Lennon Yoko Ono and Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention. myself not so much in admiration of him watching this but just in awe like i jotted that down yeah just in awe of the guys like just work ethic and 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 the amount of like the drive and 
just this alien person. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> so different from how I like natively am or yeah. in, in aspects. Um, and and then I was kind of waiting to see which of the kids were involved because of the because of the way they kind of provided the the context around uh, yeah. his relationship with Gail. Yeah, and I wasn't was... I wasn't surprised to see Ahmet was the only name at the end that that popped up. Um, yeah, that's right. We we touched on that a while ago. There's this whole drama with the whole Zappa family trust and yeah. who's get who's who thinks they should be do what and who th- yeah, it's it's a mess, man. Well, but, and also how he treated mom and all that like Yeah. Yeah, like the younger two apparently were a lot more um yeah. I'm glad interesting. that I'm glad that Gail was given such a prominent role. I'm glad that that she was given a chance you know, with so much interview footage. Yeah. You know, before passing in 2015. But it yep. would have been nice to see some Dweezil and yeah. some of the girls. Yeah. Would have. And oh my gosh, that whole uh, with Moon Unit mm-hmm. and uh, the Valley Girl thing. That was, yeah, that, that was cool. I hadn't heard that, that the way that she wanted to do that was that she just passed a little letter underneath the door to her dad. It's in his book. Thing. It's just not, you just don't realize. I mean, he doesn't right. put it that like I was being a neglectful father and she finally right. <laughs> got my attention. <laughs> but really, that's exactly what it was. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. This is the sweetest little message. Like, hey, by the way, I'm your daughter. Um, <laughs> I, I live upstairs and uh, <laughs> I do things and I'm interesting. You oh, pay man. So sometimes. hard. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, that's like, I've always wondered about that, about that guy. We've, we've joked that his quote is like, or Dweezil's quote maybe is like, what did I know about my dad? Well, we wouldn't see him for 16 hours. He'd come upstairs, microwave himself a uh, a hot dog and say, hey <laughs> guys, and then, and then go back down. Yep. And then he'd leave on a tour. And that would, that's about all we knew about his dad. Yeah. And you read those quotes and if you're, you know, you're a Zappa guy, it's like, that's just funny. But these are people, you know, and that's exactly. a family. It, and that, like, that's it's what sad. It is. That's what it is. I'm grateful for the output. I'm so grateful for the output. Don't get me wrong. Right. But yeah, to see the people that, you know, the, the people side of that was. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like that. It's like I said, they, they're like traumatized, you know, to yeah. a certain yeah. degree. Yeah. yeah. But I think they also, I mean, you know, when, you, when you're so close to something like that, you probably, you can't even zoom out. And, it's all you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah. But it's sad that, you know, I mean, we, we all went to see Zappa play Zappa. Mm-hmm. And you know what they were doing the uh, the album that's behind you, Jay. One size they fits all in its entirety. One size fits, size all. fits all. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah, exactly. Silva. And the musicianship was just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know, in that band. And I actually went to a a jam session at the Baked Potato here in L.A. And some of the guys from Zappa Play Zappa <laughs> came in oh, wow. and played. Uh, they played. Didn't I send you a video of this, Jay? You didn't send day. me a video. You mentioned it to me that you did that, but I, I have, didn't see I have the video. a video. They played uh, Cosmic Debris. Oh, uh-huh. snap. All right. You know? Yeah. And I was like, I think these are the guys like from Zappa Play Zappa. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and it was. It was. Anyway, it was so great to see that. And then when you come back and find out, like, oh, Dweezil's, you know, he can't go out and play the music under the name Zappa plays Zappa, which is right. such a great name, you know, and it's yeah. like, so stupid. Yeah. But then I brought it up with a friend of mine and I, and I, I remember saying like, it's ridiculous that the family won't let him go, go and do that. But my friend's point was like, we don't know if Frank would have like, you know, if he would have said, yeah, sure. Go ahead and play my stuff, you know, cause he, 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 he could have just as likely just said, no, 
none of my yeah. children are playing any of my exactly. music. Exactly. Well, you know? yeah. Don't make your own and, music. And, well, and he says explicitly in the film, he's like, I'd rather it not be played if it's not going to be played right. 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 You know what I mean? It's, it's like maybe he, I mean, I'm sure he had faith in Weasel's guitar playing abilities, but not necessarily the ability to play the stuff that he was so obsessed with, you know, correctly. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, the argument is more of profit sharing than it is what dad yeah. wanted. <laughs> yes, yes, but yeah. it is that an interesting question, nonetheless. And I've always yeah. thought of the thought of that. You know, like I don't think there is many of these around. But you know, back in the early two thousands, there was like Project Object and Zappa plays Zappa, and like a lot of uh, there was another big Zappa tribute act that went around and they were so good and they had the the backing of like you know some of the guys like napoleon murphy brock would play mm-hmm. with them mike uh-huh. willis would play with them and i always thought at the time like what would zappa think of this right like, i'm pretty sure that he wouldn't approve he would never come out and say yeah. that he would like that but the music was so well done and so in the spirit of what he was trying to do there's a part of me that that wants to believe that he would be smiling about that. I don't know. But you never know. I gotta imagine say. it's good to be remembered at that point. I don't know. When you can't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> He's just such a contrarian. Yeah. <laughs> he, just doesn't, he just, he wouldn't want any of that. Yeah. <laughs> what was this, what was this quote uh, after the whole, um, the Ensemble Modern concert? He got a 20 minute standing ovation. And uh, the interviewer, this is like, Frank died like a couple months later. It's on 2020 or something like that. And uh, yeah. she's like, now didn't that touch you? A 20 hmm. minute standing ovation, doesn't that mean something to you? And his quote is, well, there's no accounting for taste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, come on, dude. Yeah. And then he's like, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's better than getting stuff thrown at you for 20 minutes. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Frank. Yeah. Uh, take a compliment. Yeah, what's so funny t- too is when they're like, "Do you see yourself as the next, you know, musical messiah, like the next Beatles?" He's like, "I can assuredly tell you, no." But then you go <laughs> towards the end of the movie where he shows up in the Czech Republic, and it is like that. That's right. That's yeah. right. You know, what I mean? <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. I thought it's that weird. was so cool that that quit playing that Frank that rock Frank Zappa rock and roll or whatever was the was the what the police said. So like he was this <laughs> beloved name because all the cops would say like turn that frank zappa music off right um, right when they were yelling at the kids yeah it was always the frank zappa music and and so all these people knew his name because all the kids had been yeah that's that's great yeah and then here he is in the flesh (laughs) yeah pretty awesome documentary the other thing that i am taking a lot of heart from is that you know thanks to the efforts started by this whole kickstarter thing and the efforts done by Mr. Winter and his team. Thank you, There's going to be tons more Zappa material mm-hmm. coming out probably for the rest of our lifetime, you mm-hmm. know? So, and not yeah. just not just audio, but quality video as well. Uh, Claymation. He just recorded everything. He, he did, had to document everything he was involved in. So, yeah. pretty excited to see what's what's coming down the line. Yeah, and it, it also, just speaking of the animations, it was like, his name is Bruce Bickford? Yeah, Bruce Bickford. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the look at the animation stuff was really interesting, and he mentioned the animator Bruce. He, he says, like, you know, we, as we started to get into it, I realized the one thing he just kept coming back to was control. Yeah, he just yeah. needed. Yeah, you know, I, th- I thought that was pretty revealing. Yeah. That, yeah, Bruce Bickford struck me as a pretty unassuming guy. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know, he wasn't going to fight with 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 Frank about this, but he was also intelligent enough to know he like broke his way into his house basically, right? Didn't he climb the fence? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he just was like, well, this is the way it's going to be and uh okay. Well, I'll just go back to making these clay sculptures here. You know what's cool you though is watching you. watching this movie and watching the moments as they happened and having the book that he wrote himself again control mm-hmm. issue but um <laughs> but having the book that he wrote himself like he makes so light of some of these circ- like the 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 circumstance where he was dragged off the stage and like yeah. you know beaten to crap like he was super depressed like that really that rocked him yeah. for a solid year before he kind of like bounced back and and started getting artists to come to him instead of just being depressed that he couldn't tour in the book yeah. in the book it's just like you know some schmuck Thought I was making eyes at his girlfriend. Yeah. Ripped me off the stage. And anyway, about wheelchairs and how awful wheelchairs are. Like, like. But then, like he, just, then said, he talks just... about like the the benefits of having your voice drop an octave or something like yeah. that. <laughs> so, so I I also like to take into consideration that the way he wants to be remembered is not necessarily the way he was at the time, right? That's true. Like he made he made it he made it a lot he made it funny, he made it like yeah. a funny anecdote, which. I, I'm gonna hold on to. I didn't get that from the movie, like uh, which you couldn't. Have, but but it, uh, but I thought that was really cool. It definitely seemed like a pivotal moment in his life. And if you think about it, like <clears throat> Frank Zappa being reduced to a wheelchair and having to rely on other people mm-hmm. to make things happen mm-hmm. must have been incredibly, <laughs> incredibly infuriating, right? Yeah. <laughs> My gosh. Yep. Yep. So awesome. I don't know. What do you guys think? Five stars. Seven, Good movie. Ten. All of, all the stars. Excellent. <laughs> all the stars. Yeah. <laughs> all the stars. Yeah, no, I didn't that expect really anything cool. less than a than a glowing review. But but thank you, Alex Winter. Holy crap! Seriously, it Dude. was a labor of love. And I, I think I oh, think man. like Alex Winter did this because he is an you know admitted Frank Zappa fan. Like he's not doing it yeah out of some other motive. Like he is a Frank Zappa fan. But I think it was given that. A fairly balanced look at his life. Oh, I totally. He wasn't just a fanboy, you know. No, I okay. mean just just the amount of time and energy and and years of of yeah. I mean this guy's got he's got a career of his. I mean he, yeah, it's just it's it's so cool, really cool. Yeah. Just can't can't say enough good things about that guy. Gio. And I got a handwritten Gio. postcard from him. That was neat. Did you? <laughs> the kick Kickstarter thing. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Nice. Someone. Oh, is that the one that says thanks Zappa backer? Uh huh. Yeah, okay, you got cool. one too. You showed it to no, me. No, I was just—I was making sure I didn't miss out on anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. All right. Well, uh, anything else to say, guys? Anything else to to note? No, I think that's before cool, we uh, head out. I think it's it's just a, d- a different kind of episode this week. Uh, totally. We knew we were gonna, we knew we were going to want to talk about this, and we didn't want to, <laughs> you know, have to divvy it up into one huge section and then two small sections so <laughs> yeah 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 it's nick and jay talking about the frank zappa documentary greg what yeah. do you got this week <laughs> um well there was this uh npr piece and, uh, <laughs> is it about frank zappa no boring no, we <laughs> surprisingly surprisingly those uh, greg's the only one who can actually play the music so let's <laughs> <laughs> well, with practice <laughs> But man, yeah, no, it's, it, it it was really so cool to um to hear the music and just for it to be delivered so differently, yeah. And like, and it really 
uh, meticulously and chronologically through the the film itself, but also through that soundtrack. I'm tell, you know, I can't yeah. recommend that soundtrack enough. Definitely. Um, Definitely. So, yeah. Well, uh, how about this, Greg? Why don't you pick a song for us to go out on? Oh, um, I was loving the, um, it, it was the version of Apostrophe. Oh, yeah. Totally. Oh, from the call. studio. Definitely. So let's well, go out with that. We can definitely do this. This is from 1974, 1974 in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, but before we do that, if you enjoyed this episode, this is You Should Check It Out. We do this every week. We usually just talk about news and music news and stuff, albums that we're enjoying. But, uh, Greg, why don't you tell the fine people how they can get in touch with us? Yeah. Well, uh, you can find us online at youshouldcheckitout.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at You Should Check It Out. Uh, Twitter, our handle is at shouldcheck. Uh, send us an email at ysciopodcast at gmail.com. And uh, find us on Apple and uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a comment if you can. You, Tell a friend. Yeah. You know, Gia. do it all. Yeah, especially for the, if you if there's I someone who, who in your life you know who who appreciates Mr. Zappa um, and his work. Tell them to check out this episode and maybe some of our past Zappa chats. Yeah, we kicked things off with yeah. a three parter. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Yeah, if you're looking for more Zappa info, we got, uh, <laughs> what, three hours worth. <laughs> it was yeah. one of the first sets of episodes we did back in the day. It, yeah. it is. I think they were a bit yeah. shorter back then because we were, we were doing them for the, the suburbs dudes. So, yeah. That's but, true. But, That's true. But we crammed a lot in there. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's one last quote that I thought was interesting that I'd love to, to go out on, on, on my end, was, uh, which was also came from Mr. Vi, Mr. Steve Vi, which was, he said, no matter how ugly the chord he wrote was there was always a, a ray of hope in there somewhere yeah yeah and it, you know what it's like when he, when he said that, i was like i know exactly what he means dude you know like I, there's there's something about the music where yeah, that's that's the truth you know definitely, definitely. So, yep absolutely right interesting well it. said well said mr yes. vi and well said mr klein and well said mr loma hey now well said good, mr rossman good job Jay. hey thank good you. job thank you you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, folks, we'll be back next week with another uh, episode of <clears throat> Music News. You should check it out. This is Apostrophe. We'll see you next week, guys. <laughs> Peace. Peace. My favorite quote is, may your come to life and kiss you. 